fait j'ai voulu te, te téléphoner Pour te, te demander Allo quelque chose quoi Okay, well, thank you to Zap Mama for Allo Allo and Allo to all of you listening out there, whether on the radio or streaming worldwide at WOMR.org. This is Arts Week, and I'm Jeanette de Beauvoir, still playing at the Wellfleet Harbor Actors Theater through September 9th. It's the Pickleball Wars. Newly retired and aspiring to write his first novel, Fred is encountering lots of difficulties, and the noise from the local pickleball court isn't helping. Is pickleball just a fun fitness fad, or is something more sinister at play? Something with maybe geopolitical consequences? You can find out at what.org. And also at what? On September 11th, for one night only, it's Death of a Black Heart. This is a pirate-themed interactive experience featuring a Caribbean-themed buffet, dessert raffle, and an interactive performance by Just Murder Mysteries, with a few more surprises along the way. The first time they did this, it sold out. This one probably will too, so go to what.org right now and get your tickets. And coming soon to what and the Harbor Stage Company, it's Betrayal, inspired by Harold Penter's own seven-year extramarital affair with BBC presenter Joan Bakewell in the 1960s, Betrayal chronicles an affair between Emma and Jerry, the best friend of Emma's husband, Robert, and best man at their wedding. Over nine short scenes in 90 minutes, a myriad of betrayals among the three are revealed. Legendary playwright Har Harold Pinter's story of the illicit affair that unfolds in reverse, from the end of a marriage to the first forbidden spark, is filled with poetic dialogue, rich humor, and powerful emotions. At the Provincetown Theatre, tonight is your last chance to catch the Fantastics while retaining the show's timelessly romantic score that includes one of my favorites, Try to Remember. Librettist Tom Jones has revised his original script to the Fantastics to find the young lovers Matt and Louisa have become Matt and Louis. You can find out more, get times and tickets at provincetowntheatre.org. That's theatre with an E-R dot org. And also at the Provincetown Theatre, Casa Valentina is back by popular demand for 10 performances only from September 20th through October 1st. The critically acclaimed Casa Valentina by Harvey Fairstein, the latest provocative and hilarious Broadway play written by the Tony Award winning icon, returns to the Provincetown Theatre. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It is really fantastic. You can find out more about that, of course, also at provincetowntheater.org. And it's still Sunday brunch, darling. It hasn't stopped yet with Misconception at the Pilgrim House through Sunday, September 24th. P-Town's busiest queen hosts P-Town's longest-running drag brunch. There are two Sunday shows at the Pilgrim House, 11 and 1. And this is another one that's just fun. I don't think any summer is complete without a misconception show. You can get an introduction to Provincetown from one of American history's most infamous residents with the Anne Hutchinson tour and show. Anne Hutchinson knows her history well enough to have been banished from Massachusetts 400 years ago, and she would like to walk you through 
her life and town. This is for adults only, and you can find out more about it at Cool Destinations. That's cooldestinations.com, and look for the Anne Hutchinson Tour of Provincetown. And here's another one you don't want to miss. Marilyn May with Todd Firth at the piano is being presented by the Kotuit Center for the Arts September 4th only. That's next Monday only. Marilyn May is a highly praised singer, actress, director, arranger, educator, a Grammy-nominated recording artist, and a true musical treasure. Her entire life has been committed to the art of song and performance. If you've never heard her, this is your opportunity. Go to KotuitCenterForTheArts.org. And also at Kotuit is the Expert's Guide to Pulling Off an Art Heist in 17 Ridiculously Simple Steps. <laughs> this is only playing through this Sunday, so get over there quickly. In this farce, two brilliant con artists will teach you how to steal work from the most prestigious and heavily guarded gallery around the Couture Center for the Arts, of course. Let these two raucously comedic experts bring you along on an epic journey that will thrill the senses and tickle the spirit. You're sure to get your money's worth, so don't dally and hopper on over to the black box. I didn't write that, by the way. Warning, hijinks, shenanigans, tomfoolery, and audience participation will ensue. The play will travel outside of the black box, so come prepared to briefly move through the cool night air. And speaking for a moment as someone whose newest novel also deals with art frauds and art heists, this sounds like a lot of fun. So go to KatuitCenterForTheArts.org and find out more. All right, well, today I am very excited to be talking to um, someone I really like and really admire and um, am delighted to have on the show, Brenda Withers from Harbor Stage Company. Welcome back to Arts Week, Brenda. Thank you so much, Jeanette. The affection and admiration is mutual. <laughs> well, you can just see you're praising each other all day. <laughs> <laughs> but we're here because um, you're about to do a Harold Pinter play. Um, and I'm really curious about how it got chosen and how it's going to get put together. And I would just love for you to talk some about that. Sure. Yeah. So Betrayal for the Harbor has a, a long history of yearning. We wanted to do this as our very first play back in 2012. It's the first play we chose and said, oh, we really want to do it. And as sometimes happens, we applied for the rights and the licensing company said, oh, we're sorry, there's a big production happening in Boston or somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were not able to move forward with that. And then periodically over the course of our history, we would apply again and say, oh, this is the year, this is the year. Um, and it just never happened. Um, and then I guess right, maybe maybe it was before the pandemic or right on the edge of coming out of it, um, Wellfleet Harbor Actors Theater got the rights and was going to do a production and they had to postpone theirs. and because Chris Ostrom has always been interested in us working together as two companies in Wellfleet. Mm -hmm. He and our artistic director, Bob Kropp, got together and said, what if we pooled resources and pooled talent and made it happen finally? <laughs> so it's been a long journey. All to say, that's a long way of saying it's a long story. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we finally are getting the chance to do it. And it's, I mean, we've only been in rehearsal for a, a half of a week now. 
but it is a real dream, dream come true. It's such a great play. So yeah. tell me why you're attracted to that. Obviously, this is a deep attraction or you wouldn't have kept trying to get back to it. <laughs> what is it about this play in particular that makes you want to, to yeah. put it on, to produce it? I think it has a, um, a very, you know, the theme is universal and accessible. It's one of a love triangle. Um, so I think just in terms of it being a story, everyone will see it and say, oh, I, I can relate to any one of the three characters. Um, who it follows. But beyond that, Pinter is such a master. He's such a um, complicated, funny, dark, serious writer. And of his plays, this is probably the most accessible. People will say, oh, it's the most normal Harold Pinter play, even though it moves backwards and forwards in time. Um, it's something that people don't feel is as abstract. Um, and as we work on it, the deeper you get into it, the more you see how all of his work prior really fed this piece. And he doesn't abandon those roots. He is still experimenting and pushing his audience to look at a story in a complicated way. But he's also inviting in a larger portion of the population by saying, it's okay, this takes place in a real place. <laughs> and locales you'll recognize with characters you understand <laughs> but structurally he's still pushing and language wise always he's still pushing so and it's also just very emotional you know it's a story about love and not just between a husband and wife and uh, a mistress and and her lover but also between friends you know the title mm -hmm. betrayal really applies to each of the pairings within the trio so I want to get back to the structure, but before that, um, you've given a little bit of the of the plot away, but can you oh, tell people essentially what it's about so that as yeah. we talk about it, they have something to hang all this on? We forget. Drama people forget. Yeah, we We're forget. Like, Everybody yeah. knows oh, yeah, that play. It's I know what happened yeah. <laughs> um, So basically, it's the story of um, three friends, um, two men who are best friends and have been friends since college, and uh, one of their wives who begins an affair, a years long affair with the other friend. Um, and Pinter chose to tell it backwards most of the time so that we start at the end and we, by the end of the play, we learn how, it, how um, the affair was kindled. Um, and it's interesting because it takes you away from that sense of uh, what will happen, you know, the plot, <laughs> like, how will it happen? How will it unfold? And it's, it's such a brilliant move because it's not a new story. It's an old story. There's not a lot of mystery in how people get together. Mm -hmm. um, and so you stop looking at it that way. Uh, and, and you start to look at the nuance and say, well, what does it mean that it happened at all? And what are the effects, you know, so. It happened with these specific people. I exactly. think also is, That's is a great part point. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking about it this morning um, before we started talking and thinking about this whole reverse chronological telling of the story. Um, and as a writer myself, there was part of me that said, no, you've got to keep something, you know, for people to wait for. And yeah. yet, and yet, as I thought about it, it it's exactly as you said, that it's not like, this is not a, a plot driven mystery or something like that. <laughs> this is, you know, this is like a, 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 a series of photographs um, oh, in these people's lives, you know, and, put. 
and and we know where it's going, but we still want to see how it got there. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of deeper than just where it's going. Yeah, and I love what you said about it being these particular people, right? So it is in many ways three portraits of people at different points in their lives and different points in their relationships with each other. And what I love is he doesn't vilify anyone. Um, mm. Everyone's wrong, but everyone's human. <laughs> and I think in a topic like this, where people, any audience member comes in with some baggage around the topic of infidelity, you know, um, and it's a really adult unpacking of the situation. So no one is blamed entirely and no one is exonerated entirely. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that it extends to the relationship of the friendship as well. It's not just romantic. It's the sense of what we tell each other, what we omit, <laughs> uh, what we're willing to be vulnerable about in our most important relationships um, and how lonely you're left when you're not vulnerable, like when you don't take those chances, what mm -hmm. you miss out on. So, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's really important that the, the friendship is such a developed part of this because yeah. in some ways that's an even worse betrayal absolutely and that it's the male friendship you know right. i think we, we often explore um in contemporary literature female relationships female friendships mm -hmm. because we take it for granted that they're deep and complicated <laughs> and men get short shrift a lot of the time um in in that particular storyline and pinter really gets into it here you know he he shows us how much affection they have for each other and how much they rely on each other and how they betray each other yeah Wow. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. Um, I read something and I would love to have you comment on it that um, someone wrote that Pinter leaves actors freedom in that simple lines can be stressed in multiple ways, oh. um, which I, I thought was interesting. Um, and, and I probably agree with it in some of his other work. I, I actually have not seen Betrayal so I'm really excited about oh, it. Good, <laughs> but but um, do you agree with that? Do you feel like the the playwright is giving you space in there, or is that just someone's review that, <laughs> that you did something to say? I think <laughs> it does happen. Believe me. <laughs> well, I do find a lot of times reviewers give writers even more credit than <laughs> as a writer than you ever expect. You're like, oh, thank you. I guess that is in there. Um, I think that because he's such a sparse economical writer, absolutely, mm -hmm. there's tons of room always, both for interpretation and for something really technical, like stressing a certain line. He doesn't go overboard with stage direction. He is not um, obsessed with italics. A lot of writers try to you know, control from the page and say, I really want you to get this joke, so make sure you stress this word. And Land it can be right there. <laughs> it's really like handcuffs, you know, because maybe that's the funniest way to say it, but things change and actors change. And um, maybe we don't want it to be a joke at this point in time, you know, things, things shift. So um, I understand the instinct from both, from the actor and from the writer, but I, I, I think Pinter is really grown up about it. He believes in his work and he believes in his collaborators. And that may also be because he was also an actor and also a director and mm -hmm. knew that the process needs to be open and collaborative. You know? Right. 
everyone needs to have some involvement in the some way. agency yeah right exactly <laughs> some agency yeah and there are a whole lot of playwrights that don't do it that way as we know so <laughs> not naming names but <laughs> but yeah so so tell me a little bit about this collaboration then with the Wellfleet Harbor Actors yeah. very exciting because I think that um you know, I think that a lot of people um, would look at the fact that there are two theater companies in Wellfleet and just um, go on the assumption that it's a competition, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, some years ago, I actually um, did have a roundtable at OMR um, and invited the different theater companies to come and, yeah. and speak. And I don't think you were able to be there. I think I um, remember that. Yeah, yeah, we weren't able to be there. I'm yeah. Sorry. It was very interesting in talking and having them talk to each other about, you know, some of the challenges of being on the Cape, some of this and that, but also, you know, the the fact that that everyone's really bringing something different to the table hmm. for audiences. That it's not, you know, let's let's get this play before that company does, or right. you know, let's get um, this gimmick to get people in before that company does. Right. Um, I don't think that's the case here. And and I would love for you to talk a little bit about that because yeah. I think it's a wonderful example of how it can work cooperatively. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think that is a really common mentality, both on the Cape and just across the nation. There's a um, tendency towards a scarcity mentality of if we don't get to the finish line first, we lost. Not, not we're second, but we're lost. We, we lose. Um, and it's a funny thing for artists to pit themselves against each other because good art is never a competition except with the artists themselves. You know, how, how well can I tell this story personally? Um, and specifically in this instance, we have a history, you know, what and the harbor <laughs> used to be one and um, we, we split off from them in 2012. So it's been a long time, but, you know, uh, Chris Ostrom has been really determined to find a way to help us work together for the last five or six years. He's suggested a lot of things and mostly because of scheduling, mm -hmm. it hasn't worked out. So it's been a long time coming. Um, but I would say specifically this collaboration, Chris is actually doing our set design for the play. So it's not an in-name only co-pro. Mm -hmm. We are really artists working together to make this story the, the best way we can. And specifically, he's looked at a way to combine the spaces, which is so interesting to me. You know, the harbor is so intimate, low ceiling, 70 seats, tiny. Um, and the Julie Harris stage at what is quite grand. <laughs> it has an operatic feel to it. Um, just the ceiling alone is a completely right, right, different right. situation. <laughs> we feel a little dwarfed by it. And Chris has found a way to say, well, how can we bring the intimacy of the harbor into this set and into this theater so that actors who are used to working in that space feel at home and also challenged. And so audiences who are used to seeing us in our you know, tiny little, um, I don't even know how we would describe it, theater shack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good description, that works. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> in the best way, um, can see us expand, but also bring that magic that exists in something so tiny to this space. Um, and that makes so much sense to us. And every time I see Bob and Chris talk about it, um, it, it, it does feel like a step forward and not just for the two companies, 
but for us as artists individually to say we're always curious about what that new person on a team adds mm -hmm. like what perspective we haven't seen and that's the value of having more than one mind making a piece of art it's great to be a solo artist it's fun to you know get things all your way and then have something finished and say i did it all myself right, that's it's very satisfying <laughs> but theater requires usually um more than one person and and at the end of the day always actually because the audience is part of that collaboration too so it's great to get the person other people in the room early and say don't forget ultimately you have to share you have to share <laughs> um and it seems to really be working you know we're off to a great start and um we're rehearsing at what which is a, a little a little surreal for us most it of us must feel surreal like going back going back in time to the it beginning does. yeah there you are. which is nice it's nice to feel young <laughs> for, for a few hours a day but it um, works with this play too doesn't it so no kidding i mean no kidding <laughs> here is 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 you're feeling that yeah there's a lot there are a lot of moments where we say it's just meant to be on this one you know <laughs> Oh, well, I'm pleased for both of you. I think it's very exciting um, to see yeah. this kind of collaboration, and um, and and you're right to sort of I think push push the the limits of both theater companies mm -hmm. um, in order to do this together. Mm -hmm. It's going to be exciting. Let's tell people some specifics about how oh, they can yes. come and see it. Yes, yes, yes. So I will tell you that we're going to open up on September 22nd. And we will run through October 14th, which is a nice long run. Nice. My favorite time of year on the Cape, too. So I'm really excited to get to do a play here in the fall. Um, there are previews also before we open the 20th and 21st of September. Um, and I think tickets are available at what.org, what is handling the box office. Um, but you can also always email us at the harbor info at harborstage.org if you have questions and we can send you in the right direction. And what's box office is 508-349-9428. Wow, just off the top of her head. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Always be prepared, they say. Always, Always be, prepared. be prepared. You do that well. <laughs> so this is, I assume, your last play of the season for 2023. <laughs> we think so. <laughs> it's been a tough summer. It's yeah. been, you know, we talked about this a little before the show that it's just, it's been a tough summer in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, looking back on it now, how do you feel about the productions and the problems and the joy? Yeah. I feel so grateful, truly, to the people who showed up. People were anxious, I think, last year to say, we're back to normal, we're back to normal, mm -hmm. and no one was, right? Mm -hmm. And this year, there was that same vibe, but it wasn't as anxious. It wasn't as determined. It really felt like the people who joined us were comfortable. They weren't pushing themselves. <laughs> they were like, I'm, I'm comfortable being in a tiny space with a bunch of other people and I can really listen to the play. I'm not here to prove anything. I'm not here to say I'm getting my life back. I'm here to watch a play. And you felt the difference just in a tangible way, in the way that people were really laughing or really gasping or you know had the questions they asked after the shows were so different because it wasn't all about masks and vaccinations um and and hopefully that will continue i know you know this is an ongoing situation it's not over yet but but in um, some ways we're back to thinking about life itself rather than something that's life-threatening which is perfectly put so a kind of nice put. transition 
Yeah, and it's the place where we all feel like we can make a difference. You know, we're not doctors. So that other conversation um, was something that we all felt a little inadequate in. And now we're back to doing what we know how to do and hopefully helping people the way that we can. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lovely sentiment. Um, I want to remind people that they can find you at Harbor Stage dot org is that correct see i'm prepared too like that. <laughs> <laughs> um and what what are your plans brenda after this you got you're leaving us again oh i hate to leave. To what are you going to be doing um i will be back in um westchester for part of the year in new york and i have a play going up in florida in the winter which i'm looking forward to because i love the beach <laughs> so just one beach down to another um and then you know we'll start planning again in january but a couple little freelance projects in the mix in between and and the biggest one being that one in florida yeah wonderful <laughs> i hope it goes terribly well terribly well doesn't sound right extraordinarily well no, for my plays it does sound right yeah <laughs> and i write some dark stuff don't worry <laughs> both of them it's terrible um so let's just get back for one moment to betrayal. I just would yeah. love for you to um, tell people why they should come and see it. Oh, well, I think it's an elegant play. Mm -hmm. And to me, for some reason, that is really hitting me hard in rehearsals, this sense of civilized storytelling. <laughs> um, maybe because the pandemic was so fraught and we were all so scared. There's been a lot of loud theater. There's been a lot of bangs and explosions. And even I'd say even in, you know, at the harbor, like our first play out the gate was this crazy, like farce, you know, and people wanted to laugh and it was almost just like barking and shouting a lot of energy. And this has such a different vibe. It has a vibe of thoughtfulness and maturity. Um, and it allows you very quickly to start feeling. And, and not just expressing, but meditating and feeling and thinking about yourself and about the person sitting next to you, about the person waiting for you at home. <laughs> um, so from my perspective as an artist involved, I think that's the window that I would want to um, walk people through. I, I think that's mm -hmm. the way to come into this play. And hopefully in the fall, that's also the right feeling. Right. You know, we get through the high season and we have all of the stuff that happened to us and how do you process it? Right. And yeah, you know, come join us in a dark room and we'll start together, I think. Right. <laughs> I think that's a really good point that we're looking back on a difficult summer and things on the Cape um, in the summertime with so much going on. I think it mm. just keeps coming at you and keeps coming at you. <laughs> that's right. It. You don't have time to process it. You just want to survive it no matter <laughs> what it is that you're doing. Right. And then the fall comes and, you know, you can feel like you can breathe again uh, and you start, you know, being a little bit more thoughtful. And I think some people have a hard time then going back and saying, so what did this summer mean? What do you know, what? what can I draw out of this? And I think that this is the perfect play to encourage people to do that. I hope so. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Brenda Withers, as always, it's such a joy to have you on the show. I am so looking forward um, to, to betrayal. Um, and thank you so much for being my guest as always. Thank you. Such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you.
And thanks to everybody for listening in. Go see Betrayal. I'll be back soon to tell you more. This has been Arts Week with Jeanette de Beauvoir. Au fait, j'ai voulu te te téléphoner pour te te demander Allô, quelque chose quoi Quiet. Yeah. Mm. Quiet. Yeah. Mm. <laughs>